Today in Science from Wired. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Life-Changing Places, brought to you by Lufthansa. Discover amazing stories and find your life-changing destination at lifechangingplaces.com. Bees, please. Stop dying in your Martian simulator. Future space colonists will need pollinators to grow food on the moon and Mars. But first, scientists need to figure out how to keep them alive. By Daniel Oberhaus. Before astronauts head to the International Space Station, they spend years getting ready. They float in pools to practice for spacewalks, learn how to run different types of science experiments, and even practice how to poop. For future missions to the Moon and Mars, scientists first try living and working in space analog environments on volcanoes, deep inside caves, at the South Pole, and even underwater. One of the world's newest space analogs is inside a white ziggurat on top of a former nuclear bunker in Pila, Poland. Known as the Lunaris Research Station, this privately funded facility simulates what it's like to live and work at a base on the Moon or Mars. But it doesn't only work with humans. In a recent experiment, the potential space cadets were 90,000 bees who were sent in to learn what it's like to buzz around the red planet. The goal was to see whether bees could join a mission to the moon or Mars, where these prolific pollinators could help sustain gardens attached to a base. Lenaris researchers wanted to observe how life in an enclosed space would affect honeybee colonies. So they ran two two-week-long experiments, known as Habitat 1 and Habitat 2. The apiary was inside a sealed tent, where scientists monitored the hive's temperature, humidity, and hive weight, among other things. The study was presented at the International Astronautical Congress last week. Bees have ventured into space on several occasions before to study the effects of microgravity on their physiology and behavior, but no research has looked at the behavior of an entire colony under isolated conditions, says Alexander Wasnowski, the R&D manager at Lunaris. The initial results weren't great. Around 1,000 to 1,200 bees died every four days, Wasnowski says. It was almost a little scary, because you don't see this in nature, but in isolation, the dead bees covered the floor. In a normal garden-variety hive, it's not unusual for hundreds of bees to die per day. A honeybee queen can produce well over a thousand offspring per day, more than enough to replenish the dead. But Wisnowski and his colleagues found that the hive also stopped reproducing. The hive's temperature then dropped as a result, which killed yet more bees. 
The bees also didn't behave as the researchers expected them to. Some bees would venture out to get water and crowd around lights, but Wisnowski says they totally ignored the pots of lavender deposited throughout the tent, as well as a tray of spirulina powder the researchers had placed out as a pollen equivalent. Instead, the bee colony adopted a defensive posture, similar to overwintering, in which bee colonies enter a state of reduced activity to survive the cold months. Wisnowski and his colleagues plan on doing more bee isolation experiments next year to study how they could alter the chamber's environmental conditions to prevent the bee colonies from dying. For example, more powerful lights might better mimic the sun, or perhaps the bees will be more receptive to a gradual introduction to an isolated environment. Wisnowski also suggested that future experiments will incorporate machine learning to get a better understanding of the colony's behavior. The appeal of honeybees is they could both pollinate the first lunar or Martian gardens and provide nutritious honey for astronauts on a long-duration deep space mission. But Wisnowski acknowledges they may not be the best option. He says his colleagues at Lunaris are also exploring designs for artificial pollinators, basically swarms of autonomous mini-drones that could replace bees or work alongside them. Figuring out extraterrestrial agriculture will be a crucial element of any future Martian bases. For now, though, it seems unlikely that astronauts will start packing beekeeping gear along with their spacesuit. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.